Because well, why? Because it, it had the coffee infused in it. Oh. So it said it was like sweeter. So it already had kind of some, it's already mixed a little bit. Yeah. And it wasn't bad. I could definitely notice like kind of the, the coffee hint to it yeah. and that little bit of sweetness. But if I was going to try any any of those other whiskeys a little bit straight, I'd have to be like in the, in the drinking mood. I guess mm-hmm. this is appropriate if we're doing a podcast about cowboys and stuff. Welcome to Talk With History. I am your host, Scott, here with my wife and historian, Jen. Hello. On this podcast, we give you insights to our history-inspired world travels, YouTube channel journey, and examine history through deeper conversations with the curious, the explorers, and the history lovers out there. Now, before we get into our main topic, as always, we've been getting our some more reviews recently, so I really do appreciate that. If you have... 20 seconds to, to drop us a review on Apple Podcasts or even drop us a five stars on Spotify. We greatly appreciate it because the show, we actually had the highest month of downloads this last July ever for the podcast. So pat on the back for us. We almost, we got close to a thousand downloads for the whole month. So I'm pretty happy about that. So thank you for those who are listening and who are sharing the podcast. Now, Wild Bill Hickok was a legendary figure of the American Wild West, renowned for his exceptional shooting skills and reputation as a gunslinger. He served as a lawman, marshal, and scout during the Civil War and afterward in various frontier towns. Despite his law enforcement roles, he did have some bad habits and made some enemies that brought him to his now famous demise. So Jen, let's talk about this famous figure of the Wild West and where we were this summer. Yeah, so we went to Deadwood, South Dakota. We did. It was, honestly, it was kind of one of the few places I got a little more excited to to go see just because of the reputation of Deadwood, the show, and just the whole wild west thing sure and like the recreation of the picture of the main street deadwood is the exact historic main street you walk down in deadwood today so if you watch the show or anything like that like you're you're walking through history of what made this town what made this town so quickly and even what it's known for today yeah and even i've noticed in the video right it's been out for a few days now I've noticed the watch time is a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. And so YouTube kind of gives us these good kind of feedback metrics because, I, you know, I found some cool music that was actually very, fits very well with the story. Yeah. This kind of dead man walking song. But there's lots of pictures of mm-hmm. Deadwood. Mm-hmm. And you describe it very well, even in the video when we're walking down this paved modern day street, you know, with some throwback kind of touristy stuff. But then showing the old pictures of these muddy. Muddy. It's just, just dirt. Dirty. Road. And it's not even a road. I would just say a clearing where they have built up these makeshift wooden buildings i wouldn't even use bu- building as like a it's like a these lean-tos that they have made and called them saloons and called them brothels and well and and you can picture it right because you talk about in the video why they named it deadwood yeah the, a gulch of dead trees were found there and it is a little valley because it is pretty hilly around there and you're in the black hills so uh here's a a a valley area and they found these gulch of dead trees so they called it deadwood yeah and so remind me the era that everything kind of started coming together out there so you have to remember this does not 
this is uh, American Indian territory. Yeah, that's right. It's not a state. It is not a state. And this is going to come come a problem for Hickok's murder. But this land belongs to the Lakota. And it's belonged to them since the Treaty of Fort Laramie of 1868. So you can think almost um, 10 years. It's been their land. Oh, wow. And what happens is George Armstrong Custer comes through there in 1874, so about six years. He's out there enforcing these treaties, and this is what we get into Bighorn, which we, we'll talk about on another episode. He's enforcing these uh, treaties where the American Indians have adhered to staying on certain areas, hence reservations, and he's riding through here when gold is discovered. 1874, 1875. And so it becomes this big boom where people want to go make their fortunes. Yeah, the word gets out. The word gets out. And so they can't stop this influx of people, even though they should be. George Armstrong Custer should be stopping these people because it's not uh, their land and they shouldn't be settling it. It belongs to the Lakota. But he doesn't because he's part of it. He also wants the gold. and Of course. Uh, and so he allows these people to come in and he, the military kind of like turns a blind eye to it. And they start to have these little makeshift buildings that pop up to service all the fortune hunters, miners that come into the area. So this is about 1876, 5,000 people. 1877, 12,000 people. 1878, 25,000 people. That kind of surprised me even when I went back and I was making the video. Like that is, especially back then, Mm -hmm. that is a drastic. Drastic, right? And so it's incomprehensible how they could even govern it to begin with. So it becomes a very lawless area, as you can imagine, because you get all these men coming in to make their fortune. And so you get a lot of gambling, you get a lot of alcoholism, and you get Hickok, who's called here. You, you get the brothels. And, and of course, stuff. you get the brothels yep. pop up. And we'll talk a little bit about one of the, the most famous madams, who's very close to Hickok, um, from the most um, profitable brothel there in Deadwood. But yeah, so th- these are things that are going to pop up for all these men. You're going to get, um, you know, restaurants, saloons pop up, liveries. So liveries where you put your horse, butcher shops, uh, and makeshift tents and things like that, and brothels. So what happens is you get wagon trains who, it's their business to, uh, you know, bring people, lead people from one area to another. They navigate you through, right? And if you watched 1883, this is a business of the time. Usually you're paid before to take people through and you you will help with supplies. You know the area, you you're, you do the safety, and then you're paid once you get there. And that's basically your pay. So Hickok takes a wagon train from Fort Laramie, which is so interesting. This is the Treaty of Fort Laramie yeah. that is adhering to these uh, Indian lands. So this is the big fort of Wyoming and this is still Wyoming territory and this is Dakota territory so they're not even states which again they're not governed in that way so he uh, Hickok takes a wagon train from Fort Laramie to Deadwood 
Now, at this point in his life and career, he'd already been, he already has a reputation, if I remember correctly. He's been a marshal for a little while. So he already kind of has all this kind of notoriety. So yes, James Butler Hickok, he's born May 27th, 1837. Um, he's a folk hero of the Old West, but mo- mostly because he comes up beside Buffalo Bill Cody. So he comes up beside him. So his stories are told with him. Now, Cody can capitalize on those a little better than Hickok, but it doesn't mean Hickok's stories don't get told. So yes, uh, Hickok is, uh, he leaves his home at 18 years old, Illinois. He uh, becomes a lawman in Kansas, Abilene, Kansas. That'll be important later. In Nebraska, he becomes a scout for the Union Army, just like Buffalo Cody. And he um, and he, he meets like these kind of people who do shows and stuff like that. So he has met a woman who's part of the circus, and he marries her in Cheyenne. And they're married in March. Her name is Agnes Thatcher Lake, and you show a picture of her in the video. Yep. And she's a 50-year-old widow of the circus. So they're running in these same kind of circles. And she was actually like a very famous, very well-traveled, very in that, in the circus kind of you know world. Mm-hmm. She was like, I was reading about her a little bit. She's actually very well-known. She's very well-known. And so she stays in Cheyenne. So you can imagine they're getting married March of 1876. He's going to Fort Laramie. So Fort Laramie is right outside of Cheyenne. And he's getting there by June. And then by he takes the wagon train from uh, June to July to Deadwood. And so she, she stays behind. And he wants to make his fortune because he's heard about all this gold. Of course. And so he's like, I'm going to make it rich quickly. And he's a gambler. And he's a gambler. Right. So he joins Charlie Utter's wagon train. And Charlie Utter, if you know anything about Wild Bill Hickok, it's the name on the tombstone. And we'll talk more about that because Charlie Charlie Utter is a fan of Hickok. It's his wagon train. And they all meet up in Fort Laramie. And another person joins the wagon train then too, Calamity Jane. So they take the train, the wagon train together. So Calamity Jane didn't know Hickok well. They met this one time. They, they must have. I, I The more I thought about it, like... And, and we talk about it later in the video, like her dying wish mm-hmm. was to be buried next, by, next to Wild Bill. Uh-huh. And th- it must have been one of those things. And maybe this is just kind of the romantic side of, you know, outlook that I have on, on stories like this sometimes. But they must have just kind of like con- connected, yeah, right? They, just like birds of a feather, same, same spirit. Mm-hmm. They hit it off, you know, because for some reason throughout history those two names have always gone together and and to your point historically they didn't spend a ton of time together they didn't but you can imagine there probably are not a lot of women acting like calamity jane at this time she's very much adhering to men gender norms she's wearing men clothing and she's succumbed to alcoholism so she's drinking every day which Hickok is also an alcoholic. So he's drinking every day. So there's some shared hardship sure. that they have together on this wagon train. Drink, drinking buddy. Drinking buddy. She's a good shot. He's a good shot. They can tell stories together. They can laugh together. So they probably connected. Well, and even like the more that I learned about them, and again, you mentioned it in the video, uh, and, and I'll link the video in the, the show notes for this podcast. But you talk about her, she's got kind of a big heart, right? When she when she isn't drinking or when she is sober enough to to do things, she is out there helping. Yeah. And 
he kind of does the same thing, right? He's a lawman. He's a marshal. He's out there trying to enforce the law. So they both have that spirit about them. Yeah, charity heart. They have that charity heart. Now, I did read for him, his kind of habit, especially as a lawman, was incredibly rough. He kind of sought out the trouble, you know, and would go, you know, from zero to fighting very, very quickly. And that's just kind of how he did his business. And even when I was looking up, there's been various movies made mm -hmm. about Wild Bill Hickok and Deadwood and different versions. There's a TV show. Sure. The, the couple versions that I saw, I think it was is a relatively well-known actor that did one of the movies or something like that. But he just, he like somebody, somebody says something to him like, off one time where he's in Deadwood or he's in some town and mm -hmm. someone's not supposed to have guns and he finds out he has a gun. He doesn't even like talk to the guy. He just goes up and punches him in the face <laughs> and then drags him away, right? So that was kind of his reputation. Yeah, it's very lawlessness. Yeah. And so it is very much this uh, violent physical time and you get all these men in Deadwood and it becomes like you're governed by yourself, right? Right. And, and it, that's kind of why I think that's kind of why he had this mystique about him because he was a lawman. Mm -hmm. He had that reputation. And actually, again, when I was making the video, I read that he had earned this reputation early as a marshal because he was, I guess, supposedly one of the first um, ones to kind of have this quick, quick draw mm -hmm. shootout. Yeah. You know, like standing in the middle of the street, done. just like get it done, like a quick draw. Like he was one of the first supposedly mm -hmm. um, to, to do that and to kind of have that, you know, established around, you know, sure. around, around him and his, his reputation. I'm a dead man walking. I'm a dead man. So he's in Deadwood. We've established he gets married in March of 1876 in Cheyenne, makes it to Laramie about June, it takes the wagon train up to Deadwood from Laramie, Wyoming to Deadwood, South Dakota, and he gets there about July. So again, not very long time because August 1st is when all these things will start to happen yep. for Hickok. So it's August 1st, 17, uh, 1876, where he's at Saloon 10. Now, in the video, and if you visit Deadwood, there's, there's a little discrepancy. So the location of Saloon 10 is still there, but it's not Saloon 10 anymore. But the actual location where Hickok was playing cards is there. Now, Saloon 10 had burned at one point and the owners had moved the location across the street and further down, but still kept a lot of the furniture. Yeah, the chair. And the the decorum yep. from the decorations and stuff from what the saloon looked like. So you can go to the Saloon 10, which is not the location, and see the chair where Hickok was uh, murdered, and you can see what the what it would have looked like, what the saloon would have looked like, and then you can go further down the street to the actual location. Yeah, and I think the name of that place was like Wild Bill Bar or yes. something like that. Yes, so that that's the difference between the two. But so what's happening is August first, he's playing poker in Saloon Ten. Poker was his game, and he's the seat opens up, and a Jack McCall sits to play poker with him, and during the the session McCall loses a lot and Hickok encourages him to quit quit now try to go make some money to pay us 
what you owe us. And he gives him money for breakfast the next morning because he's basically used all his money. And people claim, or historians claim, that insulted McCall. Yeah. So he was insulted by him giving him basically, you know, um, like charity money. Charity money. And so the next day, same location, so August 2nd, Hickok walks into the same saloon to play poker, and the only seat open has its back to the door. And Hickok, being, being a lawman, doesn't want to sit with his back to the door, but he wants to play poker. It's his game. So he sits there. He actually asks a couple guys he's playing poker with if they would change seats with him. But in, if you know anything about poker, it's bad luck to change your seat. So they refuse. So he's playing, and um, that's when McCall will walk into the bar and shout something at him and just shoot him point blank range right against the head and he kills him instantly and the bullet actually goes through Hickok's head into the gentleman he's playing poker with yeah that's right arm and that gentleman will keep the bullet in his arm for his rest of his life holy cow and he's a um He's like a, a captain of a steamboat, of the, the paddle boats. And he would walk into bars saying, uh, here comes the bullet that killed uh, Bill Hickok. Of course, yeah, if you're a ship yeah. captain of like a riverboat yeah. or something like that, you're like, like, here's my story. Yeah, you know? here comes the bullet. So McCall knows knows he's done something bad, right? And, uh, and of course, the dead man's hand. So Hickok in his hand is holding aces and eights, black aces and eights. And they don't know what the whole card is. That's what the fifth card is. And there's speculation. You'll see some places have the nine of diamonds. and But that's no one's really sure what the fifth card is. But that's the hand he has when he's killed. So it's called the dead man's hand. And we show it in the video. And sometimes when you go to his grave, people have left yeah, those cards. Yeah, and actually when we were there, they mm-hmm. had left it there. So McCall runs out of the saloon and tries to jump on a horse. And we talk about this, that most horses, if you're tying up your horse to go in somewhere you're going to loosen the saddle because you're not going to cinch your saddle on a horse and for it to rest so when he jumps on the horse saddle it just falls right off and then he runs down the street to the butcher shop and we we show that there's a and he hides in the cooler basically there and they find him they pull him out of there and they actually do the trial in the same place where hickok is shot yeah i was kind of surprised with such a lawless place Mm -hmm. you know i assume there must have been other lawmen you know in the in the city or something like that he probably wasn't he probably wasn't the only one you don't really know yeah well they don't really i mean it's an informal minors jury they get the minors the guys who are there to stand a jury so and it it can't really be a trial because it's not really a territory that's it's lawless it's lawless it's it's a it's indian land it's a reservation it's not it belongs to the american indians so it's not it can't be governed basically so you can't really hold a trial but they do and mccall claims that when hickok was a marshal in abilene kansas again i told you that name would come up that hickok killed his brother now there is a record of a mccall being killed in abilene kansas by a lawman oh really they don't claim that it's hickok it just says lawman that the the records aren't that clear but there is a mccall that is killed earlier uh by a lawman and it's not even clear if that's his brother but the name matches up yeah. Now, now they, they didn't know this. The, yeah. the miners hear this story and the miners are very much, again, 
this lawlessness of the West where you govern yourself and you're very much eye for an eye type of mentality. So they let him off, right? You think about someone who killed your brother, they deserve to, to whatever they get from you. And so the miners are like, oh yeah, you're totally validated in what you did. You're free to go. But McCall gets out of town relatively quickly because people are upset because people like Hickok, including Charlie, uh, Charlie Utter and Charlie Utter is the gentleman who they, they'll bury Hickok the very next day. He's not buried at Fort uh, at Mount Moriah Cemetery where we visited his grave today. He's he's buried at a closer cemetery to the location of Main Street. But as the city grows, oh, they move him. They move the cemetery about three years later in 1879 and on, on the day of his death. But Charlie Utter will cut that original tombstone and it'll say it says almost looks like clutter. C H. Yeah. yeah, yeah, shutter. Yeah. Um, but um, he also invites everyone back to his camp for the funeral, and it's almost like everybody from the town shows up because, again, wagon train. He has a camp that he's established, and so everyone comes there. And he considered him a friend, and so he's the one who will pay for the funeral and then pay for the tombstone. And McCall gets out of the area where he ends up back around Fort Laramie, and he's running his mouth that he killed a U.S. Marshal. He killed Bill Hickok. And a, an actual U.S. Marshal is listening to him. And again, you have this loyalty of, even with the lawlessness, you have this loyalty between marshals that we know how difficult this job is for us to do. And here you are running your mouth that you killed one of the most famous U.S. Marshals. So he takes them to Dakota Territory, a place that's actually run by the federal government. It's Yankton, Dakota Territory, and he puts them on trial. So it doesn't really hit that double jeopardy since the first trial wasn't an actual trial. And uh, Hickok's brother comes to town to hear the testimony and he's found guilty. He's hanged the very next day after he's found guilty on March 1st, 1877. It's it's so funny to me that, you know, if you you almost couldn't script a story like this. Mm -hmm. Right. And for us, you know, in the the American culture, you know, this this story is part of kind of that Wild West story that we learned growing up and everything like that. And you, you almost again, you couldn't script a more predictable bad guy. Right. Someone who just kind of gets away with murder, literally, and then is off running his mouth. Like they, they write that into movies all the time. Right. And yes. they do that because people actually do that. And, you know, this guy wasn't the most intelligent person. Obviously, if he would have just kept his mouth shut, he probably could have lived a very long life sure. and gotten away with it. But he obviously was not a smart guy, especially to be losing at poker so, um, so badly. We visit Hickok's grave right beside him is Calamity Jane. She'll die in 1903. Her dying wish is to be buried next to Wild Bill because I think they had this close friendship and kinship and um, she really thinks fondly of Deadwood. And then right about two graves over from her is a very famous uh, madam named Dora Dufresne. And Dora Dufresne runs the most profitable brothel in Deadwood. Is I think I saw, this was one thing that, I didn't notice the first couple times when I was editing the video. And then finally, I, I was looking at some of the signs, right? And, and they have in Deadwood on that main street where you're kind of walking up and down doing most of the filming. 
they have signs and basically they're not quite historical markers, but they're like the classic kind of wooden hanging sign mm-hmm. hanging from outside of, of these historic locations. And so one one wooden sign says, this is the actual location where Wild Bill Hickok was, was killed on August 2nd, mm-hmm. 1876. You know, here's the spot where Jack McCall was captured. Mm-hmm. And then they actually have another sign talking about one of the brothels. Yes. And, but it said on there that it wasn't closed by, it wasn't closed until 1980 by the FBI. 1980. That just, I was so caught off guard by that, that that was around doing their thing. Well, I feel like, so again, we talk about all these men coming into town and these women come to service the men. And if the men are the ones who are upholding the law, but they're also partaking of a brothel, then they're going to turn a blind eye to it for a very long time. Yeah, I I just, there was just a funny aside that just really surprised me. And I don't think most people would notice it if they're watching the video. But if you look in the video, you can see that it was, it just says closed 80, (laughs) right, by the FBI, um, which was just, I thought was hilarious. Well, Dufresne is also credited with the term cat house. Oh, really? So she had a bunch of cats brought in on a wagon train because the women who worked in her brothel were getting scared of the rats and they were getting very upset and so they wouldn't do their job. And so she brought in cats to get the rats. And so the men knew the cat house. They wanted to go visit the cat house. It had like 12, 15 cats there who were taking care of all the rats. And that's where you get the term cat house. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I knew that. I don't think I had that in the video either. So it's a little <laughs> podcast uh, special for, yeah. for our listeners. And it makes sense. Yeah. And I tried to call you in the night Just to see if my voice could reach those peaks so if you're wondering more about Deadwood, in 1877, you know, the U.S. government tries to like, uh, what can we do to kind of capitalize on this gold that's being found here? And they kind of modify the Treaty of Fort Laramie. And, and but the Lakotas never adhere to it. And even today, they brought a trial against the U.S. government in, 18, in 1980. And they cited the original treaty saying that this is our land and you took it. And so the U.S. government tried to pay them a billion dollars for it. And the Lakotas won't take it because they want the land. That money sits in a a savings account today for the Lakota people, which they refuse to touch it because that land belongs to them and they want the land. Wow. And now so many people live there. Like we even visited there. And it is part of, you know, it, it's adhered to by a state well, government. Well, and, and, if, and if you're listening, right, so the Black Hills area, right, if you're, if you're not familiar with the South Dakota area, and I wasn't really until we spent some time, we spent a few days there mm-hmm. with, you mm-hmm. know, for a little, I, we had a little family reunion, but that's right near Mount Rushmore, mm-hmm. that's Crazy Horse, which we'll talk about in future, in upcoming mm-hmm. episodes. So there's a whole lot in that area and it's, and it's gorgeous. It's a beautiful area. It's it's absolutely beautiful. And you can see why they want the land. And I, I think there could be some compromise being that the land belongs because you can still visit. Bighorn is on a Indian reservation. Badlands is on an Indian reservation and they still, 
use it, you know, for people to visit and they can still make a profit off of still keeping this, you know, this land um, protected for their use of their tribe. So I think there could be something you could adhere to. But um, what happens in 1879, and this is a big fire in Deadwood, and most people have not made huge fortunes. They've been there for like four years by then. And so most people leave. And the people who stay are people who are established in the town. And it has, even today, there's a couple thousand people who live there. And, um, and it's still, I think it's the tourism is really what drives the town, but it never is going to hit that big heyday that it had there in the 1870s. But it was a very cool place to visit. And uh, Hickok is the story there if you go there. So you definitely want to go down Main Street. It's the historic Main Street. And you definitely want to go to Mount Moriah Cemetery. Yeah, and they have they have tour buses that'll take you up to the cemetery because it's up a very steep hill. That is not one you're going to walk from Main Street up to the cemetery. It's- they'll try to tell you you can walk. Don't do it. Don't do it. I mean, it's steep even sitting in a car. Um, so, but yeah, it was an absolute blast. It's a gorgeous area. It really did get for me kind of to that inner child, you know, just kind of a little bit of excitement there. And we had our whole family with us. We had our family, they were kind of watching us film because, you know, that was kind of just a topic. So they were enjoying that. And as we look back at, you know, Wild Bill Hickok's life has been romanticized and immortalized in various books, movies, legends, and even this podcast. He remains an enduring symbol of the American Wild West and is remembered for his remarkable marksmanship, daring adventures, and a tragic end that befell many legendary figures of the era. So thank you so much for listening to the Talk With History podcast. Please reach out to us over at talkwithhistory.com. More importantly, if you know someone else that might enjoy this, share this with them. If they're a Wild West fan, if they're they're a Cowboy fan, they're going to love this podcast. We have another podcast similar to this where we talk about Buffalo Bill Cody. We have more like this coming up. We're going to be talking about Little Bighorn. So if you're listening to this in the future, look those episodes up because I'm sure you'll enjoy them. We rely on you, our community, to grow, and we appreciate we appreciate you all every day. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you.